And the Bible says this, Luke chapter number 16, starting at verse number 23. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. Lord, we're thankful to be in this place, and Lord, we're just thankful for a place to come that wants to honor your word and just appreciate the singing this morning. I pray, Lord, if there be one here this morning lost, God, I pray that get saved. I pray you'd deal with their heart to be one here out of the will of God this morning. I pray that you'd speak to their heart. And Lord, just help me to effectively communicate the word of God, I pray. Give me unction, give me power. We'd be sure to thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to preach on this thought. A son of Abraham was not enough. It's interesting uh, as you come to this chapter. I mean, I've preached out of here many times and different, different things. And, and in Luke 16, there was a certain rich man. Now, uh, he's called that, and, 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 and now we do not know for certain his name, okay? That's never given to us in the Scripture, and at least I've not found this. If you have, you can let me know after service, but I've not found a place in the Bible that identifies someone who died in a Christless condition as their name. If you go to Revelation 21 and 8, you'll find that it identifies people by what they were, but it never says or states their name. And, 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 and this is not a parable. This is a real man. He is in there currently. But I find it interesting, but I don't have any more information on why it doesn't say their names. But I want you to notice this. The text does identify some things about this man. We know him as a rich man. That We do know that. It, it identifies about his living um, and in, in verse 25, I want you to notice, it identifies something about his lineage. I thought it was just really interesting in verse 25. In the middle of this passage, he's in hell, but he's called a son. He calls him son. He's talking to Abraham. And, it, and, and, and this means that this certain rich man, what that meant because he was called a son, that he was a Hebrew, he was a Jew, he was in the lineage of Abraham. But I want you to notice some things, just some, just some thoughts. I may be all over the place this morning. I got some just random notes, but stay with me. Uh, in verses 19 and 22, you notice that he was identified as the rich man. It calls him a rich man, a certain rich man in verse 19. In verse number 20, it says, uh, or in verse 21, it says the rich man's table. In verse 22, it says the rich man. But do you notice after verse 23 starts, he's never called the rich man again. He had things, but he doesn't anymore. There's a change there, but... But what we find in, in these things, that in these verses, that the only type of identification that we have of this man is, is that he's called a son. And, 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 and the other mentions, there was not a particular reference. It says him or I or he. Um, and I want you to think about this. Neither the life he lived nor he's living. Listen, he couldn't take, uh, he couldn't take him and, nor his lineage of being a Hebrew could, could give him salvation. He was a son of Abraham, but he was not a son of God. And I, I thought this was pretty interesting. I, I want to just look at a few things. I want to look at his living. Now, we don't know all kinds of things about his living, but I want to show you some things from the Bible that we can see about his living. Now, 
We're not told specifically about the life that he lived. Greg talked about uh, uh, that, that word Bilal this morning in 2 Corinthians. And you'll find, I believe, the first mention of that is back in 1 Samuel. And it's talking about Eli's boys. They were sons of Bilal. It means wickedly. We don't know if he lived wickedly. Now, we, we, sometimes we'll say, well, he's in hell. But uh, at least based on the standards of man, we can't sit here and say that he was some wicked man. We don't know that. Now, we know he's a sinner because all sin comes short of the glory of God. But, but when we look at people sometimes, we'll say, well, they was a good man or they was a good person. And we don't know how he lived, whether he uh, lived wickedly or good by man's standards. We don't, we don't know that. It doesn't tell us that. But can I say, but because the rich man is in hell, we know he didn't, did not live up to God's standards. There's a big difference. Can I say something to you? We ought to, be, we ought to do the things that are right. People ought to do right things. But right things won't get you into heaven. That's not how you get salvation. And we know because he's here that he did not live up to the standard. God's standard requires perfection. That counts all of us out. We're all out right there. Just stop right there. Nobody's hit that. Okay, nobody will hit that except Jesus. He's the only one to live perfect. He is the standard. But I want you to notice, though we don't know about his life, we know this, he did, whether he was wicked or whether he was good by man's standard, he did not meet the standard God required. Uh, the Bible tells us in Romans 3 and 20, it says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is knowledge of sin. Let me say, man cannot be justified by the deeds of the law because being corrupt by nature, man cannot satisfy the law's demands but we're in a day where people are trying to get there on their works the Bible is very clear you can't work your way into heaven it's very clear the Bible tells us in in Galatians 2 and 16 Paul writing the church of Galatians he said knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. You know what the law was given for? It was given to show us we can't live up to the mark. It's a schoolmaster. It's a teacher. It was to teach us we can't live to God's standards. That's why all of sin comes short of the glory of God. It was never to produce salvation, but to show us our need for it. May, may, I, may I say, uh, Romans 3 and 28, the Bible says this, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. So why are you saying it? Can I say, because you can't work your way into heaven. You, 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 there's not a way around. We're in days where, where, where people are trying to... Listen, works are a very big part of salvation. They follow it. Big difference. There's all kinds of religions out there that are doing more things that you and I ought to be doing because we are saved. They're doing it to try to get saved. We don't go out and hang door hangers, tell people about Christ because we're trying to be saved. We do it because we are saved. Works follow salvation. 
And, and looking at this man in hell, I don't know all about his life, but I know this, and he's the same as you and I. You and I can't get in apart from faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Works won't get it done. But we, we don't know much about how he lived in that sense, but we know about his standard of living. We said a little bit of things about him. The rich man was rich. You say, how do I know that? Because the Bible tells me so three times. He's rich. The account teaches us that. But I want you to notice, the financial status and the standard of living of the rich man was not the reason that he was in hell. It was the status of his faith. He wasn't in there because he was rich. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, I'm going to give you a good biblical example. Here's somebody that was the man that he was talking to. Genesis 13, 2 says this, And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Talking about Abraham. It tells us that Abram, who the rich man was speaking to, was on the paradise side of hell. He was rich as well. Can I say something to you? Riches cannot prevent a person from going to hell if they have faith in Jesus Christ. That's not what he's trying to teach us here. Wasn't just saying because he's rich that he went into hell. No, that, that didn't have anything. There's been people that's had plenty of wealth that are in heaven because let me say where he was poor at. He was poor in faith in Jesus Christ. That's all that matters. I mean, you say, well, I'm not rich, but you know, in the day that we're living in, people can replace riches for popularity or notoriety or or, or a career success or things. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things, but let me say something to you. None of those things can produce salvation. I don't know how wealthy, I don't know if this guy was on the, the top 100 businessmen of the time in Jerusalem. I don't, I don't know all these things about him, but what I do know is he was not there because he was a rich man. He was there because he never put his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what Abram, who was rich, you can read it over in, in Romans 4, chapter number 3. It says, for what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. It was his faith. Can I say something to you? It's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that's going to get you to heaven. You can't work your way in. No matter, no matter what you try to aim it, let me say something to you. Without faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot and will not go to heaven. That's it. Think about this. Riches cannot prevent a person from going to heaven if they have faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us this in Proverbs eleven four: Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. You know what this passage also teaches us? That riches cannot get you into heaven apart from faith in Jesus Christ. Your success, your money, your wealth, all these things that you have, they may be great, but can I say something to you? Once verse 20, once he opened up his eyes in hell, he was no longer a rich man. All that he had, all that he obtained, all that, that he had worked for, somebody else had it. I don't know if he had a will or whatever, the state took it over, somebody else took over all that he had. And, 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 and let me say something to you, you say, well preacher, I ain't rich, well guess what, you can still get saved. You don't have to be rich to go to heaven. That's what we find here. 
You don't have to be some elite or something. Can I say something? Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. That's every man, boy, and girl, no matter what country you're from, color your skin, financial status, what language you speak. Christ died to save you. And we see this about this man. His living could not... Uh, as we find here, it could, could not get him into heaven apart from faith in Jesus Christ. That's what the whole New Testament is teaching us. Every way that man says, well, what about this? And God says, hey, listen, without faith you can't get in. It don't matter if it's works. It don't matter if it's merit. I'm, I'm talking about God wants to save you, but you have to put your faith in Jesus Christ. I want you to think about this. not only in his living, but look at his lineage. Verse 25. This is really what stuck out to me. He's called a son of Abraham. And what that means is that he could trace back his genealogy to Abraham. Now, the Jews and the Hebrews, uh, they, they were very, you can find that. I mean, there's genealogies, multiple ones of Jesus. They, they, they kept that, that meant something to them. Their family tree mattered. How they were named often followed in how they were in the family tree and things like that. I mean, and he wanted to trace himself back and he could go all the way back to Abraham. And he was a son of Abraham in the sense of the physical sense. And I mean, you can read over the Pharisees in John 8, 33. The scribes and the Pharisees told Jesus, they said, we be Abraham's seed. They were identifying themselves with Abraham. And, 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 and I want you to think about this for a second, but can I say this to you? Listen, identification with Abraham is not enough. You know what some people are trusting in? Their heritage. A lot of people are trusting in their heritage to get them in. I'm talking about this guy was a son of Abraham. He could trace himself back. They had all the books, they had all the, he could go all the way back and say, and there was no denial, Abraham called him that. There was no denial that he was the son of Abraham. But he was not a son of God. Can I say something to you? If you're here this morning and you're lost and you're going to church, keep going to church. I'm not discouraging that. But if you're sitting back there hoping that you're going to get into heaven because you're filling a pew every Sunday and Wednesday night, let me say something to you. You're on your way to hell. Without faith, and listen, you must be born again. I'm getting ahead of myself, but listen to me. I want you to grasp this. Is, I'm trying to make as clean and clear as possible is that we, you and I could be like this person. I want to liken to some of the things we, we do and we hear in our day, but uh, this is not, our heritage is not enough to get us into heaven. You know what, you know what he could have said? Well, he said, uh, he could have said, and we don't have this in the account here, and he didn't say this, so just give me a thing. But he could have went back and said, well, I am a son of Abraham. I am, uh, I am a Jew. I am of the line. And I'm going to say something to you. You can't get in on Mama and Papa's faith. Thank God for godly grandparents. Hallelujah for that. But let me say something to you. You ain't going to heaven because Mama and Papa's saved. If you're trusting in the way they lived and, and the faith they had, hey, that's wonderful they got faith, but listen, that's their faith, it ain't yours. Well, preacher, I was raised in church. What about mommy and daddy's? You said, well, mom and dad's saved. Well, that's wonderful. But you can't get in because mom and dad's saved. I mean, my dad's pastor for 20-some years. Let me say something to you. I couldn't hang on to his coattails and get in the gate. 
It don't work that way. I could say all the things that he's done. All the things that God's used him to do. But I can't go to heaven on what dad's done. I can't go to heaven because dad's saved. Or because mom's saved. I can't go to heaven because Courtney's saved. A lot of people looking at their heritage. Well, I know people, my fam, my, my fam, I grew up in church. My family's saved. My question to you, are you saved? I want your family to get saved too. But the question is, are you saved? Have you ever trusted Christ for salvation, repented of your sins, and believed the word of God? We're sitting here talking about a man who could say, listen, you say, why is this important? Because of the things that the Jews had that the rest of the world didn't. God chose the Jews. He'd given them a lot of these things so they could go out and tell the world about him. Think about this. He could have traced his lineage back to Abraham. But you can't get it on the face. Thank God for godly grandparents, godly parents. Thank God for the heritage. Let me say something. You say, well, nobody in my family is getting saved. Well, listen, you can start something today. That That don't mean I have to stay that way. You can start something today. But you can't get in because they're going. Let me say something to you. I can't get in because y'all's going. You're here this morning, you're saved. Let me say something. I'm not, listen, I, I can't get in because you're going to heaven. It's a personal thing. We can't tag along, we can't tag on. His lineage didn't get him in. I want you to think, kind of think about this for a second. Not only did he have the lineage, I mean, he could say that he was a Jew. And Romans 2 at the end of the verse, chapter 20, verse 27, 28, talks about he was a Jew outwardly. I mean, he could claim all the things that, that they was about being a Hebrew. Paul talked about it. You, you, you think about Paul. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter number 3, I think it is. I'll just go there and read it. And he says this. He says, though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he whereof he might trust in the flesh, I'm more. He says this, circumcised the eighth day, the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law, a Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law blameless but those things were gained to me those I counted loss for Christ what Paul was let me say something Paul to me sets the standard of Christian living we don't rank people but if I was going to rank him he's going to be number one for me okay I'm just telling you but before, before Paul got saved as far as being a Pharisee he was top of the list that's what he was saying he said I was a Hebrew he said I set the mark is what he was saying in following the law. And, and he goes back and he says, I'm a Hebrew. I mean, I did all the things. I had the lineage. I was in the right family. I was in all these things, Paul was saying. But when Paul got saved, Paul said all that stuff was lost. He said it didn't matter to me nothing. Can I, can I say, we, we ought to be thankful for the heritage that we have, but the heritage that we got in, godly family, grandparents, mothers, fathers, husbands, wives, children, can I say something? Those are wonderful. We ought to thank God for them, but you got to get in on your own. Not only did he have the lineage, Romans 3, 1 and 2 tells us this about the Jews. Again, he said, What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision, much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. 
Now, Paul, in the first three chapters, he's, he's trying to tell us that all of sin had come short of the glory of God. And the Jews, they were talking about themselves. We're, we're Jews, we're Hebrews. And, and, and what he was trying to say is, listen, hey, you're as lost as the Gentiles are. But you know that the Jews did have an advantage because Paul was saying they had a great advantage over the rest of the world because they had the Word of God. That's what he's saying in these verses. It was a chief advantage for them to be saved. Think about this. The Jews not only had the light of creation and the light of conscience, but they had the light of scriptures. They actually had God's word. That's what he's talking about, the oracles of God. To the Jews were revealed the unspeakably valuable truths about God, creation, man, the fall, judgment, righteousness of, of the coming Redeemer. I, I want to say this to you. They had God's word. This man had access to the word of God that some of the world never had at that time. And I think about that. And I think... Here he's a son, and he's got these great, he got these great privilege and opportunity with the word of God. But then I thought about here he is still a son. Can I say something to you? You can be around the Bible and still go to hell. What I'm saying is you can be around where the Bible's taught and the Bible's talked about. Maybe where the Bible's even practiced. And still wind up in hell. Now, if you're here and you're lost, let me say something to you. Stay around the Bible. I'm not discouraging you for that. But I don't want you to sit there and think, well, as long as I stay around people that's talking about the Word of God to stay in those places, that, that, that I'm going to be fine. It takes faith in the Bible. Not just hearing the Bible or being around. This I'm talking about... They had the oracles of God. They had the very word of God. He had access to it. I don't know what city he lived in or where he was, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but I want you to think about it. He had the ability to learn and know God's word. But he's still in hell. We're in a world, the Bible says over in 2 Timothy 3, I'll just go there so I get it exactly right. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. We've probably never been more, I'm going to use the word religious or uh, churchy in a generation than we've ever been. This is the mark of the last days. But in the same mark, they want the uh, identification with it, but they don't want the Christ that died for him in it. That's what denying the power thereof. We're in a day that is consumed with everybody wants to be a part of it. And everybody wants to see. I want to say something to you. You can be around the Bible and go to hell. Let me say this to you. You can own a Bible and go to hell. Do you know that? You can own a Bible. If you don't own a Bible, we'll get you one here. I mean, I'll get, you tell me, I'll get you one right after service. I ain't going to ask any questions. I'm going to go up there and get them right out of the cabinet. They, they can get it mad with the board meeting if they want. No, we're going to give them away. We want you to have the word of God. They wouldn't get mad anyways. They'd say, praise God. That's what we want to do. We want to get people the word of God. But you can own a Bible. Still go to hell. Owning one's not enough. You realize it's faith in it. It's faith in the word of God. It's not just that we have one. 
I mean, think about it. Having God's word is not enough. Having access to God's word is not, en- is not enough if you never put faith in it. Now, here's the problem that you, you will, you will, you'll stand for today. If you, if you die in a crisis condition, and listen to me, I don't want you to die that way. My desire is that you get say, I'm trying to, the best I can to make as clear as possible. I don't want you to die lost. Nobody in this church wants you to die lost. I've been praying for you to get saved. So well, you don't even know my name. Well, listen, I've been calling on God for you. I don't have to know your name. He does. Listen to me. In 2022, in the country we're sitting in right now, you can't not ever say, I didn't know. If you didn't know, it's your fault. We've never, as for all of the false doctrine and wrong doctrine that's out there, and there's all kinds of that stuff, we have never had more access to the true Word of God, that's King James Bible, than we have today. I could say, pull out your phones, and almost every, you can get, I mean, talking about it's on your phones. Don't pull your phones out. You can go to Walmart, you can go to the Dollar Tree, you can go to all kinds of stores. and I mean, for $1.25, you can hold the very words of God in your hand. Though the, it's not all good, there's still some uh, TV evangelists that preach the Word of God. It's still on the radio, it's still on the internet. There, there's places that you can find. The, saying, I didn't know, living in America in 2022 ain't going to cut it. We've never had more access. I mean, you can access like this. Just like this. There's churches all over. Still good Bible-believing churches all over the place. But can I say something to you? Having it and believing it are two different things. We are begotten by the Word. It's believing in your heart. And I want to say something to you. This rich man had the lineage. He, he, he was in... I mean, you think about... Their calendar was set up for feasts that God organized. Their whole city was built around... I'm going to talk about the whole city was built around... He had the very words of God. But why is he here? Because he didn't believe them. He didn't believe them. His lineage couldn't save him. The, the, the great opportunity he had, the access to the word of God, that alone couldn't save him. It gave him a great benefit. Think about this. Second Chronicles 6 and 6 says, But I've chosen Jerusalem that my name might be there, and have chosen David to be over my people. Now, I cannot tell you where exactly this rich man lives. I don't have any Bible for that. I'm not even going to give you any thoughts of where I think. I have no idea. I know he was a Jew, and because he was a Jew, he would have had access to the city that bore the name of God. We're talking about, if you go, if you go into Israel, let me say something to you. So they built the temple, 
and, and the temple was destroyed like Jeremiah talked about because Israel got away from God, got away from his word. God judged them. Well, after, after the years came, God sent it back over and they started rebuilding. And do you realize that everything in that city was not built around the businesses, it was not built around the market, it was not built around the wealthy people. The whole city revolved around the temple. You say, why is that? Let me say something to you. Your relationship with the Lord is the most important thing in your life. Everything else will fit around where it's supposed to. But there's a reason God said, and, he, and there's two chapters, the book of Haggai, and I believe it's the book of Zechariah. They, they started building, when they were re back building the temple, someone told them to quit. Well, they quit and they was building their own houses and God said, hold up! My house ain't finished. Can I say, the temple was the centerpiece of all of Israel. Jerusalem was the capital where God put his name. And this man would have had access to this great city. To this great opportunity to go to the temple. And not only was there a temple in Jerusalem, but throughout the land there were synagogues. If you read through the Gospels, you know what you'll find? Jesus was in the synagogues. He was going to places where they would meet. He, he, the Bible said, as his custom was, it's over in Luke, I think it's 4 verse 12 or verse 16. It says that he went on the Sabbath day when the church doors was open. He went in, he went to church, and he stood up and read the word of God. This man had the same access in the same places. But here's what I want to tell you. You can be in church and go to hell. That's not enough. Now, I'm not discouraging you for coming. Listen to me. You need to be here. You need to be in the place where God's word's preached. You're better off for being here than you are if you're not. Okay? But if you're trusting in being here as getting you into heaven, you're going to find yourself in hell one day. That ain't going to get it done. You can even be a member of a church and go to hell. You say, preacher, wait, I'm talking about there's people on rolls, churches, that have never been born again. They may be a member of Roxalana Gospel Tabernacle. Well, let me say something. Being a member of Roxalana Gospel Tabernacle will not get you into heaven. I love this church. I love you people. It's wonderful here, but let me say something. For all the good things I could say about it, it ain't enough to get you into heaven. There's people all around. They're trusting in being a member of a church, joining, joining something like that and being a part of these things. Listen, those are great things, but they will not save you. That's what I'm trying to emphasize this morning. They're not that they're bad things. But if you're resting on being a member of this church and getting into heaven, you better get saved. That's my message to you. You better get saved because that ain't going to get you in. You can be around believers and go to hell. Isn't that amazing? Be around God's people. I love being around God's people. It's wonderful. I mean, just, just I have a great time. I enjoy it. It's wonderful. But I'm not going to heaven just because I eat dinner with Judy or eat dinner with Steve. I got to the last two nights. We had a good time. But let me say, I'm not going to heaven because I fellowship with God's people. 
wonderful you all are, and I could, I could build you up and say all kinds of wonderful things about this congregation, but I'm not getting in, Philip, because we're hanging out. I want, I'm going to get it down to this point. When I get to the end, I'm almost done, Judy. I'm at the end of this point. You can even take part in church activities and go to hell. Now listen, I'm not trying to make just be real, I'm not trying to make anyone doubt their salvation. But you better know you are saved before you leave this life. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to make you doubt it, but you better know you're saved. Because there ain't a second chance. You, you can get down, you, you open up your eyes in hell, you can scream and say, Wait, I was a member of this church! Do you see? That ain't going to get you in. I went door hanging! I'm trunk in the trunk of treat! I went to the gospel scene we had. Those are all great things. But that don't save you. You say, why you got to tell us this? Because there's people really believing that. Let me, let me say something to you. You're not going to come into this church. And listen, if you're here and you're lost, listen to me. You're not all right. I'm not going to tell you that you're good. Tom's not going to tell you that you're good. Greg's not going to tell you that you're good. You say, why? Can I say something? If you're here and you're lost, you may not be as bad as you could be, but you're bad off as you can be. Because you're on your way to a devil's hell. We're in a generation that people are wanting to hear things. Well, hey, just come live however you want to. God loves you just like you are. Let me say something to you. God loves you just like you are, but he's calling you to repent of your sins and get born again. God's love itself won't save you. You know that? God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But Jesus said, many, many will cry, Lord, Lord. The broadway's full of many will go in there. Why is that? God's love itself can't save you. God's love motivated Jesus to go to Calvary to die for you. And God's offering you the gift of salvation that you have to receive by faith. Unless you get saved God's way, that won't help you. Now, I like to hear God loves me. It's wonderful. And he does. But I'm not going to heaven just because God loves me. I'm going to heaven because I receive the gift of salvation by faith. And we're in days where people are confused. There's not many ways to God. I'll never get over that video. And that guy's like, well, I'm going to say something real controversial. Listen, it's not controversial. It may, maybe it's controversial in society. But if you read the Bible, there's no controversy about it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. There's no controversy in that. It's really clear. I mean, that's what, to me, it's one of the clearest and plainest scriptures in all the Word of God. There's no other way around it. He said, I am. And nobody can except they come by me. But we are in a world, in a society, that thinks you can get in on sincerity. You can, you can be sincere, but that don't save you. There's a lot of people that are following religions and following things. They've got in here, and they think they're going to heaven, but they've never been born again. 
Here's where I'm in in this message. And I've said it three times, I think, already. Without repenting and putting your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, your living and your lineage cannot save you. You can't get in that way. Jesus made it very clear, John chapter number 3, when he said this, 3 and 7, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. You say, what does that mean? That means you must be born again. There's a, there used to be a great preacher named George Whitfield years ago. and He would preach. He preached on John 3 and 7 over 300 times. One of his church members or somebody come up to him after service and they said, Brother Whitfield, he said, how come you preach John 3 and 7 so much? And he looked at him and he said, because you must be born again. That's how you're going to heaven. May I say something to you? If you're here today and you're lost, this is a church that will love you, a church that will help you grow and care for you, but here's what we can't do. You can't lean on us to get saved. We can point you to the one who can save you. You can't get saved because you know somebody here. You, listen, they're not. when I say you can't rest upon someone else's faith to get you into heaven. I'm glad you're here today, but let me say something to you. If you're resting in being here and showing God that and that's all you've done and you've never trusted Christ as salvation, you need to get saved. You must be born again. You say, what do I got to do? What do I got to do to be saved, preacher? Sadly, in the world we're living in, there's all kinds of ideas about what you got to do. Well, you got to be baptized. You got to do this. Let me say, here, I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says. That'd be all right? Just going to tell you what the Bible says. You say, why? Because that's what matters. I don't care what the word on the street is and someone's thought is. I want to know what God says about the matter. And this is what God said in, in Ephesians chapter number 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Do you know how you get saved? God through his grace. You know what grace is? Grace gives us something that you and I don't deserve. What we do deserve because we're sinners is we deserve to go to hell. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God. God is a holy God. Our world's lost sight of that, but let me say something to you. God is a holy God. And because he's holy, it requires him to judge sin. But thanks be unto God, some 2,000 years ago, born of a virgin, God sent his only begotten son who lived here some 33-some years, perfectly sinless and spotless, and went to a place called Calvary where he hung upon the cross. They didn't kill him. Listen to me. He was in, he was in more control than they were. He was on that cross. Listen, not because they forced him up there, but because he was there to pay for your sin and my sins which is the gospel message Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and was buried and on the third day rose again according to the scriptures they put him in a barred tomb let me say something they did everything they could to seal that baby up they had all the technology all they did said make it sure as you can they did the best they thought to seal up let me say something to you 
They wasn't nothing. They were worried about people coming from the outside. But it was who was on the inside. And let me say something to you. That Christ that died, he resurrected, he stands up. And listen, he's sitting on the right hand of God and he will save any and everybody that will come to him. The Bible said in Romans 10, 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Come on, Judy. So if you're here this morning, listen to me. I don't know what days you got left and I don't know what days we have left. I can't sit up here and tell you that if you're here this morning and you're lost, maybe you're here this morning and you're lost. If you're a member of this church and you're here this morning and you're lost, let me say something to you. Don't worry about, well, I, I thought, I, don't worry about I was a member of this church. Just come get saved. You say, well, I'm not a member of this church. Let me say something to you. If you're here and you're lost, you need to get saved today. I do have some Bible for this. That The Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, in verse number 2, Today's your day, friend. You say, how do I know that? Because the Bible said, For he saith, I've heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You say, Preacher, you don't know what I've done. I don't have this heritage. I don't have this lineage. I don't have all kinds of these things that, uh, that you're talking about. I don't want to tell you something. Bible says this in Psalm 86 and 5. You say, preacher, I've sinned. Let me tell you, if you're here this morning and you know you've sinned and you know you're lost, you're in the place you need to be to get saved. You can't ever get saved till you realize that you're lost. And it'd be a terrible thing to wind up and end up in hell realizing your sinful condition. Preacher, that's not nice. Let me say something to you. Everybody in here is a sinner. For all of sin to come short, that we've all sinned. Every one of us has a past. Every one of us had every single believer in this building has a track record, has a past. But they came to the place where they met the one who paid the penalty for those sins. Where they, they came to Jesus Christ in faith, believing they repented of their sins and called on God to save them. say, well, how do I know that he'll save me? I've learned this verse a long time ago, and I thank God for it. He says, Psalm 86, 5, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. God's been waiting for you to call. God's been waiting for you to say, Lord, save me. He's ready. He don't have to make preparation. He's already been prepared. And in plenteous and mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Let's bow our heads this morning.